Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty. Hello and welcome to Mycotoxin Matters. My name is Nick Adams, Alltech's Global Director for the Mycotoxin Management team. And given all of the challenges with the weather, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, as we come to the important part of the growing and harvesting season, we thought we would concentrate this episode around the concept of managing mycotoxin risk in lower quality ingredients. And with me today to talk about this topic is Dr. Max Hawkins. Uh, welcome, Max. Thank you, Nick. Glad to be with you today. Max has spent a career both in academia and providing technical support within the realm of mycotoxin management and has worked for Alltech uh, for the last 10 years uh, in this respect and has uh, been a participant uh, in the Mycotoxin Matters podcast before. So maybe, Max, we can pick up initially with what your feel is globally when you look around the world what does the picture look like when you're thinking about you know the weather and its impact on on the various grains that we are uh, harvesting well generally as a whole on a global basis the the key word is dry uh, it's been a very dry growing season for the most part north america europe and even in in uh, southern parts such as brazil uh, South America, uh, enough to certainly impact crop uh, yield and grain quality. So as as we look at it, corn will probably be impacted the most. Uh, small grain productions were certainly impacted in terms of amount of grain produced or yields. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of results yet uh, on small grain mycotoxin contamination. So far, I would say it looks uh, relatively good, uh, but we don't have the whole picture developed yet. What's What do you think are some of the potential concerns when we look at quality? Is it a, a variability? Is it that we might get quite a range of quality given the weather. What what are your thoughts on that, Max? Well, I do think there's going to be a great deal of variability. And uh, so far with the questions that I've got here in North America is uh, there's going to be some really good areas. And there's going to be some really bad areas. Uh, you know, I think, I think generally uh, right now, all of the crop tours are going on, people making estimates of crop health and crop production and amount of yields. Uh, and people use the word timely rain quite a bit. Uh, timely rain is their reference to, they got a little rain, they hope they get a little better grain fill, uh, increased yield. Uh but that, when I say timely rain, that means the crop has been under stress from lack of rain uh, to me. And then whenever you put 
a sudden shot of moisture on top of a drought stress crop uh, from a mycotoxin standpoint, many things can happen. So we're just on the lookout for it this year, just starting to get samples in on a global basis, and it's going to be pretty interesting to watch. 2012-13 was a year that was very warm and dry, Max. Do you think there are lessons that we can take from that? Is it is it still too early to, to say, uh, do you think? Uh, you're right in that if we look back historically, the, the first year that we can kind of compare 2022 uh, with is 2012. And 2012 was a big drought year, particularly across North America. Uh, the compound, and we we got into higher levels of aflatoxin because of that in some areas that we didn't normally see it. It still wasn't a rampant deal, but it was, we had to pay a lot more attention to it. Uh, the compounding factor with 2012, particularly in corn harvest, in North America, it was dry all summer, and then we started to get rain in September. And it it even it put a huge amount of, of rain stress on top of drought stress, delayed harvest. The crops had to stay in the field for an extended period of time, exposed to more rainfall. And we got into some significant mycotoxin levels, particularly fumonisins. Uh, across the bulk of the the uh, corn belt and corn growing area. And then as we went further and further, we got into more uh, trichothecenes and xerolinone so that we had a, a drought stress crop and then harvest got delayed by excess rain and just compounded things drastically. With all that in mind, Max, what do you think producers should be prepared to do with- as as they sort of assess new crop and and what their uh, their, their options are. Well, I think that it, if if I was in the in the grain production business, I'd be watching it pretty close. Uh, I want to watch weather forecasting pretty close. Uh, I, I want to be able to get, even though it's a drought stress crop, and I'm I'm hoping I can do everything I can to to get more production from that. Uh, if I'm looking at it from a feed grain standpoint, uh, I want to get it out of the field in a timely manner. So I've got to kind of weigh grain production, grain quality uh, against each other to come up with the best result. And I, I think that's one of the key things that I'm recommending people, whether it be for corn silage, whether it be for corn grain, uh, really trying to blend the program together so that we reduce as much of the stress from yield and as much of the stress from potential mycotoxins as possible. And then as we bring those grains in, Max, what's the role of mycotoxin testing to try and understand that risk if there has been this variability out in the field? Well, I certainly think that we need to take a look at uh, mycotoxins at harvest. Uh, I think we need to make sure that we know what that level is. 
We also need to know the, the quality level or the moisture levels of that grain before we put it into storage. Uh, this year, some of the grain supplies could be running a little tight. Uh, so we have to be cautious that guys, uh, producers don't think that it's going to be short-term storage. We need, still need to plan as if it's going to be a longer-term storage. Make sure that grain is dried correctly to a, a appropriate level at 14% moisture or less before it gets into storage. And then once we know what that mycotoxin toxin level is at harvest, really work with it and keep a monitoring it because I, I'm afraid as we get more environmentally challenged grains going into storage, we tend to get increase in mycotoxin magnification over time. And if I'm in one of the good areas and my mycotoxin risk comes back low, am I then good to go? I would say you're, you're better to go than some other areas, but I wouldn't say you're good to go. We still need to monitor that. Uh, testing, uh, monitoring that grain through storage by checking moistures, checking mycotoxin levels periodically uh, as we pull grain out of facilities uh, is still the recommended management tool from, from me. Excellent. Thanks, Max. And if our listeners want more information on any of the points and uh, with respect to mycotoxin testing in particular, uh, they can visit www.nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W, mycotoxins.com for more information on some of the options that uh, we have available. Thanks very much indeed. And we hope everyone has enjoyed this episode of Mycotoxin Matters. We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.